Hello guys and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Goddess podcast. Today we have Nuna with us and she is a nutritionist and food freedom coach. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. So we don't actually have, we should probably just caveat, I don't, we don't have Alice with us today. It's just me, Lily um, and Nuna. But yeah, it's so exciting. Um, do you, you want to give um, a little intro for yourself? Yeah, hi, and I'm really, really excited to be here. In regards to an intro, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so much. <laughs> but what I would say is that I guess I started off as a registered nutritionist. I was helping um, mainly actually footballers with their nutrition and people with their like general nutrition. And what I realized was that relationship to food is probably the most important thing that comes before like actually looking at your diet and looking at your health, especially because of my mm. struggles, um, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But I've ended up being a food freedom coach in that sense. And I work with uh, women on their body image and their relationship to food and really finding, um, I guess, peace within their mm. internal selves and how that kind of um, manifests in their eating habits yeah oh I'm so excited honestly because I resonate with a lot of kind of your journey and 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 what you teach because I've also gone through struggles with like an eating disorder binge eating and and yeah unhealthy relationship with food so I'm very excited um to have this conversation so the normal way we do things is we do some quick fire questions before we get into the main podcast so I will just shoot a question across and whatever comes up is the right answer basically um so the first one is what makes you feel alive okay well I think it has to be doing things for pleasure or doing I guess I say this because I used to for example exercise chasing a weight or chasing a number of calories um spent and now I do things like dancing and boxing and they honestly make me feel like I'm just like me again. Um, so I think I have to say like my hobbies. Yes. Okay. I love that. And your favorite self-care ritual? At the moment, it's stretching. I feel like stretching mm. is so important. And I'm lucky enough that I work at home. I can just get my yoga mat throughout the day. I just get it out and do like five minutes of stretching. It kind of gets me back into the present and like into my body and relieve kind of like the tension that's been building up throughout the day. Yeah, that you might not even notice is there. You're like hunched over your computer yeah. and then you're like, ah, oh, hold on a minute. There's actually loads of space in here. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And your favorite mantra or affirmation? Mm. like what about just a quote can I go with a quote yeah you can go with a quote go for it so this is something that I always kind of refer back to in my workshops and stuff is that your body knows best and I say mm. that from like every angle not just like eating and like I think it's like rest exercise if you just create space to listen to your body, then you will grow this intuition and you'll know what your body wants from you. So yeah, mm. that's probably fine. <laughs> Amazing. 
the next one is your favorite piece of advice for others but I feel like we kind of I don't know if you have a different one to what you just said because it's kind of linked wow um yeah there's so many that I could choose from um I think the best advice is just awareness like I think in every aspect of your life the more awareness you have like the in that you're in the best like the best position once you are aware of like yourself and what's going on um I think it's very easy to like get lost in things or get swept away with like routines or like habits but if you form like a bird's eye view awareness of a situation then you're in such a better place to like decide what serves you and what doesn't Mm, I love that I love that a lot um and your the last one is what is your favorite thing that you love about yourself about myself yeah yeah we're hitting you with the (laughs) self-love I think and actually there's probably a few things but I have to tie it back to what I just said I am very self-aware and it's actually only since I've started being self-aware that my life has got more positive and has got better because I wasn't always self-aware. There were times when I was in relationships and I was blaming everything on the other person or I wasn't, I was maybe binge eating and I wasn't really seeing why I was binge eating and so many situations that have actually like healed themselves through me just being more aware of you know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing and whether things actually serve me or not Mm, yeah I can definitely resonate with that like once I became more aware of like what was going on in my brain I was like hmm now I get why I behave that way (laughs) rather than just going along being like what's going on I don't know (laughs) okay amazing so um I guess a good place to start is like I know you already touched a bit about um kind of like your professional journey but in terms of your own experience with um you know binge eating and um your relationship with food can you touch can you just like give us um yeah give us your story I guess how long have you got (laughs) well we've, we've got as long as you want so go for it like and I think um don't hold back because it's helpful for other people to like hear where someone has come from to where they can get to um so yeah go for it whatever feels right (laughs) cool yeah um so I guess I was dieting and binging um I was kind of in this cycle for about 10 years so it must have started when I was about 12 or 13 and I think growing up, there's always there was always um, a focus on appearance, whether that was at home, when my mum used to trash talk her own body, or my grandma was always on a diet, or, you know, my dad was on diets too. And, and I think when I was about 12 or 13, I really started being aware of my body and how my body looked compared to other people's and like, people in magazines and things like that and in movies um and I remember when I was about 14 
using my exam period to go on really strict diets um and I was able to because I was in a routine I wasn't really socializing so it was very easy to kind of stick to a strict routine um and I did lose some weight but then what that kind of started was this cycle that I was in for the next 10 years where I would lose weight gain it back probably gain more actually when I look back on it and then lose weight, gain it back. And actually I was getting heavier and heavier as, as time went on, despite every now and then losing weight. And actually my whole life, all my thoughts, uh, my purpose became like becoming more attractive. Um, and at the time I was really not aware of this and I thought it was normal. Um, I, it was just, it was just really bad at times, like, when I think back to some of my habits, like I would weigh myself every morning and that would decide how I felt that day. Um, I would starve myself of food and eat chocolate and then eat tiny bowls of pasta and then go to sleep absolutely starving, use cigarettes to like numb my appetite. And if I did, if I wasn't a certain weight, I wouldn't go out or I would wear baggy clothes so it really really took over like my mood my happiness how I felt towards myself my worth and at the same time my relationship with food was like really um was really like deteriorating so I was obsessed with chocolate um and now looking back on it because I I still love chocolate but I don't have this addiction to it. I understand why I was obsessed with it back then. Mm. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways that it impacted my life. I don't think I could like tell you all of it right now, mm. but it really took over everything. Um, and then I think I even did my nutrition degree based on my desires to lose weight. Like that was yeah. for me, that was the motivation. Cause I was like, if I, do a degree on it then I can work out what the best way is to lose weight and yeah. all these things. yeah really I resonate with that I I mean I didn't do a nutrition course I definitely thought about it but I did a personal training course and and I look back now and I recognize that was because then I could teach myself like how to get the best body so it's yeah. very similar to what you're saying um but just a slightly different avenue. You kind of went down the food and I went down the exercise route. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, even exercise was impacted. So I would, if I had a holiday coming up, I would firstly starve myself. And then I would also like do intense exercise. And then I would wonder why when I didn't have a holiday to prepare for, exercise was like my worst nightmare. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think when I did my nutrition degree, I was still in this mindset of trying to lose weight or trying to be more attractive and restricting calories. And I've tried every diet under, under the sun, honestly. Um, but what happened was I started following other nutrition accounts um, on Instagram when I started building a business for myself. And then I guess messages started to creep up on me about this other way of like looking at food and looking at diets and how they affect us. And I started realizing that actually the reason why I binge eat is because of how strict I am on myself. And the reason why I don't like my body is because of 
the messages I've absorbed from my like environment my whole life and it was a very gradual slow change but I basically went on a quest to become an intuitive eater and when that happened like I can't tell you how much my life has changed um I recently went to Thailand and I reflected back on the last time I was in Thailand which was like four or five years ago and when I was traveling back then I was weighing myself on like airport like luggage scales to make mm-hmm. sure that I was still the right size I was like binging on um food from like random stores instead of trying like really nice um local foods because I wasn't allowed to eat carbs and everything was dictated by the way that I looked whereas this time when I went to Thailand I enjoyed all the local foods I didn't I didn't mind what I looked like in a bikini it was just all about having fun and the contrast between my mindset now and mindset back then is just huge so I decided that I needed to help people find the same food freedom as I found um, and that's why I do what I do today. Mm, Absolutely I think it, it is it's so empowering and inspiring for other people to like hear where you can get to because I I definitely experience exactly the same kind of thing of just like obsessed with what I looked like my weight how much I was exercising all of those things and I wasn't living like back then I was not living I was like surviving and mm-hmm. and like you said I I would cancel like social plans and stuff because I was like oh god I can't go out looking like this or whatever to then now I'm like I actually truly live now because I'm in the present moment and um yeah like you're you're not thinking that your brain's not thinking about like food and exercise you can just be like I'm in a new country I'm gonna try whatever food and I'm gonna just sunbathe all day or whatever it might be um so yeah thank you very much for sharing you touched on when we were talking um intuitive eating um Mm -hmm. so could you give a bit of background about like what is intuitive eating okay so yeah intuitive eating is almost basically what it says on the tin it's an it's being intuitive and knowing what your body wants but it actually encompasses um a few different principles that are actually outside of eating like the body image stuff um the self-worth stuff because your the way that you feel yourself and the way that you nourish yourself it really has an intrinsic link with what you believe you deserve and how you view your yourself and your body and also the things that you've learned in the media so it's a very holistic approach to I guess your relationship to food um but it definitely it's it's something that so we were all born intuitive eaters we were all born listening to our bodies you know we'd cry when we were hungry um so it's really about building this relationship with your body where you respect it and you also understand it and you're connected with it um and also you have an understanding of what foods feel right um when you eat them and that knowledge of like what foods you need to feel fueled to feel satisfied and feel content um and a lot of people see intuitive eating as like you just eat what you want when you want and Mm. although that's true it's 
I guess it's really hard for someone to to understand that when they've been on diets for years or they've been restricting themselves from foods because when you do that you build this magnetizing like effect on I guess high sugar high fat high carb foods because you don't allow yourself to have them so when it comes to allowing yourself to have what you want you're instantly attracted to those those foods but the intuitive eater has access to everything so your body will tell you when it wants nourishing refreshing foods and that will be the majority of the time but then there'll also be times when you want to eat the sugary foods um or the more like emotionally satisfying foods and that's completely fine yeah I I think when I first started because I did some intuitive eating that was like the beginning of well I did lots of different things but intuitive eating was one of the things where I really felt like it helped and um I read one of the things that was reassuring was I read that at the start of intuitive eating if you have been in like a restrictive cycle then you do naturally kind of go towards the like high sugar high fat foods but in the end that will change and that was one of the things that kind of helped me in the transition was knowing that um even though right now that is what my body might be craving it's not going to be forever like my body is going to crave vegetables and fruit um and everything uh eventually even if it's not right now so yeah intuitive eating was a big part of um kind of my journey as well but I definitely didn't necessarily think about it in the depth that you explained it I definitely thought of the whole it's eating what you want when you want like listening to your body um but from what you said it sounds like it's actually even more than even more than that like yeah knowing your body yeah it's really it's it's actually a path of self-discovery right because I can't tell this a, a group of people how food is going to feel like to them or whether it's going to satisfy them or when it whether it's going to fuel them because everyone's everyone's totally different so you end up building this awareness of like what feels good to you but it's it's really important that you that you use this as like a data collection kind of experiment because you know like some people might find that eating bread um makes them feel uncomfortable and some people might not so if you choose not to eat bread it's not because it's a weight loss thing or a like uh i don't know a high carb thing or whatever it's because you know what it feels like in your body and it's not it's not something that you find comfortable but it has to be genuine like as long as you have that weight loss goal in mind your food choices will always be biased and you'll still be magnetized towards those foods because if you genuinely enjoy them and they feel good you're gonna feel like you're missing out right so the whole goal of intuitive eating is for you to stop feeling like you're punishing yourself or you're missing out of on foods that you love and the the analogy that I always use is if you if you have kids um or you you know you know kids you know what they're like right so if they want to play with your phone and you say no you've got all these other toys 
but you can't play with my phone they're just going to want to play with your phone right so it's about like unlearning these rules that we have around food and seeing all foods as equal and letting your body do the talking and take the lead because your body wants nourishing foods it wants to feel happy it wants to feel like it's thriving it wants to be nourished so imagine if you ate cake all day long you'd probably crave like broccoli and lettuce and all these things because your body's like I'm not getting what I want right now <laughs> yeah it's not getting what it needs <laughs> it's just exactly. getting cake. so and yeah it's like a pendulum right so if you imagine a pendulum swings and in the middle you're balanced you're eating a variety of foods but then you take it one side to a restrictive side the further you take it to the restriction the harder it's going to bounce back into like eating overeating binge eating that kind of stuff so if you are thinking about starting an intuitive eating journey and you're someone who restricts a lot then it's going to be, it's it's expected that you're going to have a phase where your body's rebalancing and it's trying to get back everything that you've restricted it from. And when I speak about restriction, it's not just physical, it's also mental, right? So even if you're telling yourself you shouldn't be eating something and you're still eating it, that still counts as restriction. Mm. Yeah, like it's not even the actual doing it's like the narrative that you're like how you're talking about things that can actually also be putting that restriction on without you necessarily thinking about it like if you're saying oh carbs are bad shouldn't eat that or something which I I think is a very common narrative like there's so that is another very like society it's a very important part of why people do create the relationships that they do with food because so much of what you hear is like you should be eating this you shouldn't be eating this like this is good for you this is bad for you and that all like sinks into your mind and that's not listening to your body because for some people like carrots might feel great and to other people carrots might give them like really bad gas and like make them feel really tired or something you just don't know and it's actually bringing it back to like your body um yeah on I think in terms of like mind body connection I know people talk about that a lot is that is that like a core part of intuitive eating would you say yeah so the mind body and food are all connected right so Mm. your thoughts the way that your body physically feels and the food that you choose to nourish it it's all like it's all completely connected um, in so many avenues. Like I don't even know where to start. So what I would say is thoughts can be like anxiety around food or it can be um, I shouldn't eat this because it's going to make me gain weight or um, it can also be the guilt that you feel after you eat certain things. Um, And then your body comes into it as well because the physical um I guess the physical signs that you get from your body like hunger fullness even your emotions and I talk a lot about how we feel emotions in our bodies and the way that we nourish ourselves so if we look at like emotions for example when we feel bored when we feel sad when we feel lonely even when we feel excited or happy 
we may have thoughts that preceded that or we may have thoughts that come after that feeling that, that um, I guess instruct us to eat in a certain way and some people it's to stop eating or eat less and for a lot of people it's to eat more or indulge um, and that's why I work a, a lot with binge eating um, clients or people who overeat or emotionally eat because there is a big disconnect with our emotions when we when we overeat um so yeah it's it's a huge topic but it's super interesting and I think that mm. we all with food especially I always say we have taste buds for a reason right so we're supposed to enjoy food we're supposed to link our emotions are supposed to link with food and dinners and celebrations so emotional eating isn't actually inherently bad it's just when it's our only coping mechanism and we're feeling so much guilt um mm. that it tends to get out of control yeah that was one of the things that was really eye-opening and felt like a relief for me when I was on my journey when um <clears throat> someone said to me it's okay to have like emotional eating in your toolbox of ways to cope but it's like how can you build other ways to like soothe or um to celebrate and that for me was so powerful because before that was my only kind of go-to and then when she opened it up and was like it's still possible to be there rather than me having this like I need to get rid of it I need to get rid of it I need to get mm -hmm. rid of it that for me was so empowering because I was like oh like it's not something I need to banish from my life forever that's completely forbidden and bad it's something that is a completely worthy um yeah technique to soothe it's just I don't want to be in a place where I'm using that all the time yeah a hundred percent and I think it's it's about having an empowered decision around it so for example and awareness comes up in this like so vividly because it's so important it's about stopping and thinking okay what's going on right now am I physically hungry or am I emotionally hungry and you can you can like develop that intuition with your physical hunger through like acknowledging the obvious signs of hunger or the more nuanced signs and then when you realize that it's not physical hunger then you can say okay right it's emotional hunger and that's totally fine and the whole process of intuitive eating has to be done with no judgment for it to work so okay I'm emotionally hungry right now why is that like which emotion am I feeling and once you can name that emotion um, it's really useful by the way to use like an emotional word wheel or like a, a emotion heat map body heat map which you can look up online once you name that emotion then you can think okay what can help soothe that emotion so if it's like loneliness it might be um, to call a friend to spend some time with your pet to go out and sit in a cafe where there's loads of people and maybe interact with some or whatever it is it's up to you but also there is that element that food can help because that food might provide comfort it might provide um like familiarity or like it might take you back to a moment of when you were younger and that's totally fine and if you choose the food um if you go down the food route 
then you have to do it with like you have to back yourself and you have to think okay I've chosen this route and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm not going to judge myself because it's serving a really important purpose right now and I think the difference between going through that process and just finding yourself overindulging is that like you you've chosen this route and you're happy with it and you're like empowered in it and I think a lot of guilt and shame that comes around like emotional eating or binge eating is that you feel like it took over you and you didn't have control and you've just found yourself eating you know the whole packet of biscuits or whatever so I think it's about having that choice what do you think what do you think about that (laughs) no I agree I definitely think it's about having a choice and and I think I definitely resonate with the the binge eating feels like it's an out of control experience using emotional eating like it can be a choice so you can choose to be like you know what I do feel x emotion and right now having a bar of chocolate would actually help soothe that it would help me feel better and yeah removing the judgment from it so actually just being compassionate with yourself and being like this is what I need right now mm-hmm. and and there's no shame attached to that because with binge eating there is so much I felt so much shame and like embarrassment yeah. around it because I mean it makes you do well it definitely made me do crazy things like um just eat like random foods that aren't even like that nice or like hide wrappers in places and then like cancel plans but I would never be honest about what it was and so it feels so secretive binge eating I think that um there feels like so much shame attached to it um so yeah I agree that it's definitely kind of it 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 definitely needs to be an option and and to remove the shame and guilt that you might be putting on yourself because of it um I because I've had I, I was told before as well, like, if you are binge eating, it's because you're trying to shove the emotion down. And I had never heard that before. And I thought that was really powerful because when you start to realize the, the anxiety or whatever it is that's coming up in your body isn't necessarily your body going, oh my God, we're going to binge, we're going to lose control. It's like that emotion is just coming up because it wants to be heard. A hundred percent. And I think it's not just emotions, it's your body needing something and you not giving it um, what it needs. And eventually your body always wins. It always gets the better of you. And that's why it feels so out of control. So not just like eating, but also like rest. If you don't give yourself the rest that you need, eventually your body will force you to rest. And that's how it works with food. So either it's that you're restricting yourself in a certain way, like the first thing I go through with my clients who are binge eaters is, are you eating enough and are you eating balanced like meals throughout the day? Because normally people who binge eat in the evening, it's because they've not eaten enough throughout the day. But then also the emotional part, right? So we have needs, we have emotional needs, we have self-care needs. And if we're not fulfilling those like consistently and regularly, our body will fight back and get that comfort that it needs. And often it's through food. And I have to say this with like 
like an awareness around food is actually the best coping mechanism that you could choose for yourself other than like drugs or alcohol so if you are using food as a coping mechanism I really want you to just be compassionate with yourself because you could be using much worse tools that are detrimental to you that are detrimental to like the people who love you so firstly really holding that space for yourself that okay I'm I'm struggling but I'm using something that is nourishing right even chocolate cake all these things they still have nutrients in them they still fuel your body and yes there are things out there that have more nutrients and more nutrient dense but you could definitely be choosing worse options um and the second thing is that we're all scared of putting on weight right so this has a massive tie into the, the guilt and the shame that we feel when we binge eat because we society has conditioned us to be really scared of weight gain like the fear of weight gain is so it's such a huge thing amongst us um and it really has an effect on the way that we speak to ourselves so yeah i mean there's a lot that we can go into on that to be honest um but yeah what you're saying is completely right Mm. yeah that's really powerful I haven't really I mean do you want to like do you want to go more into into that because I feel like where you were going was really interesting um and I I want to know more I can't help it yeah yeah I mean I don't know if you've heard of it but do you know about diet culture yes but for people I mean I feel like most people would probably they might yeah. not have heard it in that term but yeah maybe just say what diet culture is so that people who maybe haven't heard it before do yeah so we live in a world where we are swimming we're little fish swimming in a sea of diet culture it's literally everywhere and the reason why the work that i do and nutritionists like me the, re- the reason why our work is so new is because This has been going on, diet culture has been going on for a while now, and we're starting to see uh, the detriments that it's been causing. So I guess if you were to sum it up into like a sentence is diet culture is this belief that our appearance or our body shape is more important than our physical and mental health. So that's promoting like weight loss, for appearance related reasons and like beating ourselves up about not following like the perfect eating habits or having the perfect body and it really shines through like all aspects of our lives like um you'll get you'll get messages from like your family as I said my mom used to always you know pinch her stomach and say she needed to lose weight um your your community so like the people at school that you grow up with or the people around you that you socialize with and what they say and what they believe and then also like culture so in the western culture it's always been to be slim whereas other cultures actually they celebrate um women in bigger bodies but it's really important to be aware of the way that the i mean the effect that the media has on us too because um I mean nowadays it's like the hourglass shape but back in the day it was like 
um, stick thin, skinny, like model yeah. kind of body shapes. And I think that really hammers down how it's all, it's just a trend, right? So it's not, it's not true. It's not like, I don't know, it's not written in the scriptures of like how your body should look like. It's something that changes like generationally. And it's, yeah, I think that's something that I talk to my clients a lot about. But um, I think I had a client recently who said that when she was younger, she was always, um, I guess, seen as a chubbier child and people would make comments about it. She would hear other parents and things like that. So one day she went and she um, she starved herself for like two days and she lost some weight. And she says she remembers how people were congratulating her and making her, you know, feel like she'd accomplished something. And I said to her, so, so what did this teach you about your body shape and about weight loss? Um, and after like our conversation, we basically came down to the fact that that taught her that her body shape and being slim was more important than her physical and mental well-being because she hated starving herself it felt horrible and she wasn't nourishing her body but what her community had taught her is that it doesn't matter as long as she's Mm. losing weight so I think that's the big that's the big kind of like foundation of diet culture is that it doesn't matter how happy or healthy or you know whatever you are it's more about the way that you look and I think that's the really sad part it's really sad because yeah first of all people like pick up on weight loss and and they almost assume it's a positive thing that you've tried to do and often like weight loss can actually be from not being in a good mental space um same with weight gain I guess but yeah weight loss could come from illness or from grief there's so many other things that aren't necessarily positive that weight loss can come from and people don't always always think about that they just kind of assume oh you've been on a diet like you're looking really healthy like you're glowing when inside the person might be like well I feel half dead because like I've not I've not been able to feed my body how I want to or I'm not I'm not well um yeah yeah, I, I, I think um one of the things that I have, I'll say two things. One is I definitely resonate with um what you said about your client. But mine was because I was always very slim. People just would always comment on like my legs being like a model's legs or whatever. That as like those comments, you know, maybe slowed down or like weren't present. I then started questioning it more and I I felt like that was almost part of my identity because people had said it so much to me that then like I felt like oh my god I can't veer away from this because Mm -hmm. like that's almost who people see me as and and it came from a good place like they weren't doing it to you know potentially cause harm they were just you know they were in the diet culture and so for them they were like you've got great legs but um yeah. it's interesting the impact that your words can have so I try and like never mention whether someone's like lost or gained weight like I just won't say anything because I just I think that's the least I least interesting thing about someone like obviously if they brought it up or I was concerned for like their well-being mm. if they were saying like I'm really struggling then I would have that conversation but I think just mentioning it 
like oh you've lost weight you look great yeah it can reinforce whatever is going on for them or it might even make them feel like not listened to because they might be like oh well I'm actually really struggling but you're seeing it as a positive yeah. thing well it, this is it, the thing like I always bring it back to like we're conditioned to compliment each other on our appearance and actually if you think about it why are you friends with your friends is it because of the way that they look or the things that they bring to your life mm. so I've started like since I started working with clients something that I've done for myself is like actually not really mention how people look other than you know if they wear something and it looks amazing on them then I'll you know I'll say I love it on them but in terms of like commenting on their body shape or their size or you know how beautiful they are like I prefer to talk about like what they bring to my life like you know whether they're really funny they're inspiring um and I think that's that's so much more valuable as a compliment because also like people's looks fade um, and it is really hard, especially as women, how we get attached to like our, our look as young, as young girls, because we know that we're going to go through like uh, pregnancy or menopause or like, and like in what's the word? inevitable weight gain all these things mm -hmm. are definitely going to happen to us and we want to be able to still hold value in ourselves what when these things happen because they're, they're inevitable right we're all going to get old um so it's really building that resilience and that worth in yourself that yes my appearance is definitely a part of me but let's amplify everything else about me that is really amazing and that I should be proud of and I'm happy with <laughs> and going back to what you said about like health and weight I personally have put on weight recently and in the past that would have been really triggering for me really scary and I reflected and I thought okay when I moved to Bali I was definitely thinner and I think the reason why that was is because I was super stressed I had a million things to do I'd just been through a breakup I, I couldn't even sleep at night because I had so much on my to-do list and actually when I came to Bali and things started to settle down I was eating in like really nice cafes drinking smoothies like I didn't even have to like make food I just could order food like from the cafe I was sit sitting in and it was all amazing lovely nutritious food and the reason why I've put on weight is because I've been showing myself love in that way. Um, so I think it's like kind of reframing your idea of weight loss and weight gain. And that actually you can be happy and you can be healthy at any weight as long as you're like doing positive, like you're engaging in positive habits. So if you're like moving regularly in a way that feels good and you're eating regularly and you're eating foods that make you feel really good then it doesn't really matter to what weight you are um mm. and I was gonna ask you if you know much about like the set point range um is that like your body this is my my obsession of it. I I think it's like your body has a natural kind of like um weight that it likes to sit at and you can yeah. kind of obviously ebb and flow around that but you can probably explain it in a much more beautiful way so please go ahead <laughs> no it's fine I, I'm always interested to see what people know because 
I get when I do talks and I give workshops I'm like I don't want to say things that people already know do you know what I mean so it's very interesting for me anyway <laughs> um <clears throat> so with set point there's a range that our body naturally likes to sit in because it's the weight where we're thriving and everything's working well and we're more likely to be kind of mentally in a better place and physically so everyone's genetic set point range is different and very linked to our genetics so like um it's very i guess what's the word well actually once my lecturer told me that our weight is more linked to our parents than our height is so just bearing in mind yeah just bearing in mind that your genetic set point range is so kind of um, ingrained in you that it's actually very hard to move out of it so what happens is when you go on a diet and you restrict yourself your body goes into this state of shock where it thinks um I'm not getting the nutrients I need this is all this feels like a threat to our survival so what it does is it lowers your metabolism and it increases your appetite so that when you go back to normal eating or anything that you eat really every calorie is like sucked out of it because it's in this state of you know oh my god we're not going to get much food it might might carry on for a while So what tends to happen is we see that people who engage in diets and restrict actually are more likely to gain weight over time. And it's actually in the science literature, it's now a predictor of weight gain. If you're someone who diets or restricts yourself, that's it. You're you're predicted to actually gain more weight than someone who doesn't. And this is all to do with the set point range, right? So if you're dieting your body will naturally increase its set point range because it's scared it doesn't know that you want to look good and lose weight to be more aesthetically like valued it thinks we're not going to get the food we need so we need to do everything possible to keep you know our body alive Mm. so yeah we find that like I can't remember why I actually started talking about set point in the first place but there is (laughs) there is a range that your body wants to sit in and when you start intuitively intuitively eating you're giving power to your body to get itself back into that range rather than you kind of like forcing it basically Mm. I think that when you force it that's when you find that actually it goes the other way and that's what we see in, in the research too yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that there's so many like weight loss and diet, like diet, um, diet sold out there, like um, Slimming Wild and all of those things, like teaching you some sort of like this is how you're going to lose weight, but it's like actually the diets themselves are what can cause people to have an unhealthy relationship with food or to kind of yeah do that kind of yo-yo because mm-hmm. you're either on the diet like or you're off and I yes. think because of that narrative in your head it's like oh I, I'm, g- I'm gonna be naughty or like rather than just being like you know I'm gonna enjoy myself because I'm out with my friends today and and we're yeah. gonna have like a few cocktails and and whatever else you know and it it, it it's interesting that it's so widely 
sold as these like amazing things that work and are going to make you feel your best self when like from my perspective I'm like that's all a lie <laughs> like it, oh, it, it, it can be damaging <laughs> it really is and like I see it so much in like scientific papers like all these numbers like 90% 80% of people who go on these diets gain it back and the majority of them gain more um, and the diet industry is thriving because the diets don't work you know like the reason why it's going up and up and up it's I think it was like 12 billion a few years ago and it's still going up in like in value that the diet industry is because people have to go back and try another one and try another one um, and they're actually getting heavier and heavier and heavier and the impact that has on emotion like on people emotionally makes them more likely to hate their bodies and you know binge mm. it's really yeah. such a cycle and then on top of that they hate exercise because it's not fun yeah. they're doing it because they're trying to lose weight but you know they're they're failing and the mental side of it just plays such a huge part um that that's why I realized that you have to conquer your relationship with food and yourself and exercise before you can start to see like your health improve and your yeah you get to a better place mm. yeah when I first started um intuitively eating I think I probably gained a bit of weight but then mm. that naturally dropped back down because obviously like talking about the whole set point thing my body probably originally was like oh my god like I'm getting all of these different foods and I'm she's just like she's not calorie counting or whatever so it was probably like great like let's hold on to this and then yeah. as it kind of gained that trust and was like oh like we can always have pizza if we want pizza or chocolate or whatever it might be that my my weight naturally then came back down and and it, mm -hmm. it is I wish there was more um, like this conversation will be so so powerful to go out because it's kind of telling people like there's nothing wrong with you that diets aren't working like it's actually mm -hmm. there needs to it needs to come at it from a different perspective like you know working working with you because you're actually going to the root cause whereas yes. what a diet is is like just a test of your self-control basically um which is obviously going to get worse if you're always restricting um and not you know giving yourself um what you need so yeah I think it's just fa it's fascinating that we are sold something that isn't isn't necessarily fixing or helping people if anything it can be more detrimental so. yeah and I think what you said about the root of the cause the like the root of it is so important because your body like as you said it's not us it's not you that's the problem it's society and mm -hmm. the way that you valued yourself on your parents is the reason why your eating habits are well maybe you have a turbulent relationship with food because you're you know telling yourself off for eating things telling yourself off for looking a certain way and it really comes down to the body image stuff because I mean the reason why now I don't have a problem with nourishing myself is because I'm less fearful of weight gain and I know that if I if I do put on weight 
the, the thing that's going to hold me back or the thing that's going to send me right, right back into where I was 10 years ago is if I try to lose weight again. So instead of trying to lose weight, it's about trying to be happy, trying to eat the foods that bring you joy and make you feel good, trying to um, move your body in a way that empowers you and is fun. Because if you attach yourself to the weight loss or the calories, it's just less, it's just a lot less sustainable than if you're attaching yourself to something that genuinely makes you feel like the best version of you and the like the most empowered version of you um and it's really interesting what you said about um like I call it habituation so when you allow yourself to like recalibrate and eat the foods that you were originally like beating yourself up overeating it becomes like so much more normal for you to eat those foods that they're they're so much less magnetizing um, and there's three kind of phrases that I use to describe why people binge eat. So mm-hmm. one is forbidden fruit effects. I don't know if you've heard of that one. The last supper effect and the fuck it effect. Excuse my French. <laughs> no, swearing is very much allowed on this podcast. So go for it. <laughs> so the last supper effect is that effect of like, right, well, tomorrow I'm going to be good. Diet starts Monday, so I may as well have a blowout right now. The forbidden fruit effect is, well, what we kind of know about the forbidden fruit, right? It's like, oh, I shouldn't have it, but that makes me really want it. Um, and then the last one is, oh, yeah, the fuck it effect. So it's like, okay, well, now I've like ruined my diet today or I've kind of gone off track. So I may as well make the most of it. And it's something that I used to resonate a lot with. I remember I went out for dinner with some friends and before the dinner, I was like, right, Nuna, you need to stick to the plan. Only eat this. Like, don't eat dessert. Don't eat bread. Like all this stuff. And obviously when I got there, I couldn't, I couldn't hold back. I ate the foods that I told myself I wouldn't. And then what happened was on my way home from this dinner, I stopped at the shop and I bought like five chocolate bars and I went home and I binged on them. And I felt utterly like, I felt so disgusting. I felt sick. And the reason why I did that is because of that whole fuck it effect. I was like, well, I've fucked it now so I may as well just like go all in because tomorrow I'm not going to be allowed to eat anything (laughs) so Mm. it's like really recognizing that your mindset and the things that you're saying to yourself are having a huge impact on your eating habits so Mm. it's not that you're like greedy or you've got no self-control or you know it's none of that it's that you're being too hard on yourself and that you need to rewire the way that you approach yourself and food and it can be done it can 100% be done yeah on when we were just talking about that I thought for people who are still in like the binging um cycle what would you say um like what would you recommend I guess if maybe they feel a binge coming on or yeah they're very much in that cycle what would you say is like a tip or something that you would do if you were back in that situation <clears throat> yeah so I mean there's so many things that I can think of um yeah one, I can is, imagine. <laughs> one is that awareness um 
sometimes my clients say it's really hard to just stop and be aware before they're about to binge and I completely get that because if it's something that really takes over you then maybe it's really hard to like check in with yourself just before but the least you can do is reflect so think about um, how you felt before you binged what happened to you that day what triggered it where you were uh, what foods you chose like literally ask yourself all these questions and the more you do that the more you might see a pattern the more you might realize okay I am like trying not to feel an emotion when I binge eat maybe it's something really like deep-rooted like a feeling of like inadequacy that you've been dealing with for like years since you were a teenager or a child and just start to build that awareness of what that binge serves, like what it does for you. And then that will put you in a more empowered state to think, okay, well, um, how are ways I can start working on that, I don't know, inadequacy or that emotion that I'm, you know, stuffing down and not um, allowing myself to feel. There's so many, so many ways that you can learn to kind of manage your emotions and face your emotions and get comfortable with feeling them and it's definitely not easy because we've been programmed to be scared of feeling our emotions and mm -hmm. to, to not be comfortable with them and I think you can do so much work at, and I do a lot of this work with my clients is like feeling where that emotion is sitting in your body um, noticing it allowing it to like spread through your body um, using tools like <laughs> journaling or dancing whatever feels good for you to like feel that emotion more comfortably um, will really help but one thing I want to kind of touch upon before I finish is that when you're in a cycle of binge eating there's three elements to it so <laughs> there's the restriction the binge eating and the guilt so for you to get out of that cycle, one of them has to stop, right? So when you binge eat, you might feel really guilty afterwards. And because you feel guilty, you think, right, I need to do something different. I need to like not eat as much tomorrow or I need to exercise it off or I'm just going to like hate myself for a bit or whatever it is. And then that leads you to like eat differently or not nourish yourself properly or mentally restrict yourself. And that inevitably leads to the binge again. Like I said, the forbidden fruit effect, the last supper effect, all these things that are natural and are programmed to happen because our body is like scared. Um, so if you can like, if you can stop it in either the guilt or the restriction phase, then you're much more likely not to cycle back into that binge eating. Um, but as I said, this stuff is all like easier said than done. And if it feels very overwhelming to you, then it probably means that you need some guidance. Um, and I always do recommend guidance with intuitive eating because there are many diets and many restrictions that are like um, hidden in by like intuitive eating so you know you really need to know what messages you're getting and what your intentions are and and things like that so I always do recommend guidance especially if 
what I've said in this episode feels very overwhelming to you <laughs> yeah on on that note do you want to let people know kind of where they can find you um if you know they're thinking about working for, um with you or um yeah so that they can learn from your content because um I've seen your Instagram and you put loads of really great stuff out so I'm sure people will be interested to hear yeah so I am at I am Nuna Cam with a K that's my kind of personal I talk about um everything really like life nutrition relationship to food body image and then I've got my like actual clinic account which is at Nuna's nutrition at Nuna's dot nutrition sorry and then website is www.nunasnutrition.com and yeah just feel free to email me dm me whatever feels good for you yeah okay amazing i'll put them in the show notes as well so that it's nice and easy for people to find you um but thank you so much for this conversation like i just i it will help so many people from from my own experience just i know that this conversation with it would have resonated with me so much and offered me a lot of comfort to feel like what i was going through um is possible to heal heal from so yeah thank you so yeah. much for coming on Worries. <laughs> no and on that note I just want to say that the thing that I hear the most from people is I'm just an all or nothing person and I think that I used to feel like that too but what I've realized is that it's actually more of you're in an all or nothing conditioning right now and that you absolutely can find balance because we are all born intuitive eaters so it's just about coming back to that like intuitive person that you can be so yeah just don't be scared it's it's not you it really isn't you <laughs> yeah it, it's innately like who you were born as and who you still are it's just the conditioning that has taken you away from that yeah amazing. exactly <laughs> amazing well thank you so much we will wrap it up here um but thank you. thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the everyday goddess if you enjoyed this podcast please leave a review or if you have any questions you'd like answering message us on instagram or tiktok at everyday goddess podcast <laughs>